smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. As Dana, ba- well, Dana Bash on CNN jokes. called that a shit show last night. That was uh, welcome um, back to the podcast. First, this is John Arvosos with Cliff Schechter. I am Cliff Schechter. Uh, uh, yeah, I was impressed that because once Dana kicked that wall down, I think Axelrod a little bit later called referred to it as uh, um, a shit show too, or something of that nature. So I don't know. Maybe maybe curses. They're they're copying the unprecedented podcast, obviously, in their use of language. Well, no, I, um, I will say what was good because I was initially I was going back and forth between CNN and MS, MSNBC last night with the first presidential debate. And when Dana Bash said the shit show comment and Jake, Jake Tapper made some similar uh, comment, I got worried for a second thinking, oh, God, they're going to do, a, you know, both sides thing. Oh, no. They then clarified and went, no, no, no. We're talking. I think she said something like 95 percent Trump, 5 percent Wallace and Biden, not at all, in terms of who was causing the problems last night. Who said this? It was Dana Bash and Tapper yeah. and the the, ba- the main. So, in other words, at first, when they said shit show, I thought they meant, oh, God, both sides sucked. No, no, no. They made very clear. it was. No, I, I, last night, um, I don't know if we crossed some kind of Rubicon that, that I, and I would, I would, my opinion would be we did not. And sadly, many will fall back into old patterns because, you know, there's so many uh, pressures on on who owns various media outlets and who the publishers are and this and that. But I do have to say, uh, in a very straightforward way, a number of people that who are objective hosts, reporters, and other people, actually, last night was so abominable, they just told the truth. Because I don't think they felt like they had any other option. Yeah. And really, when you have, you know, um, I'd use a worse word, but let's call it, call it um, uh, Mitch McConnell's mini-me, Scott Jennings, on CNN saying basically oh, it was a disaster he, for Trump. Did he say that? He did. He said he said it was an absolute missed opportunity. And he said he said he needs to yeah. basically. He, I'll, yeah. I'll say who he is in a second because yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. people know I live in Cincinnati and I've been taking on McConnell. Sadly, not with enough victories on and off for years. Uh, but 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 um, Scott Jennings. Uh, what he basically said was what he needed to do here tonight to win this election is he needed to expand 
his base, which of course we all know, but he said he needed to win back the women in the suburbs that he's losing in droves. I'm not, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know what his exact terms right. he used were. And he said that performance tonight did absolutely nothing to do that. In fact, it may have worsened the situation. I think obviously right. he was trying to, he was being too generous there. And this was in light of, I think you sent to me, John, hmm. um, a poll that was showing how Trump was just hemorrhaging in the Milwaukee suburbs. Um, uh, I believe you shared that with me yesterday. It was on uh, Twitter. Wisconsin, yeah, because then you you said Ohio. Well, but, well, I responded with the Ohio thing because the thing is, is that what made Ohio closer, Donald Trump ran, and, and we'll get back to the debate. I just want to make this point because it, it's related. It's related to the debate, which is Joe Biden for a variety of reasons, not all of them fair, like sexism towards Hillary Clinton, but some of it because Biden comes off as a much more of a working class guy, his whole persona, and all that. Um, he he. It already, right when he got in the election, some of the ways he was do, performing better than Hillary Clinton was among working class, rural, some of these groups that were never going to win, but she lost by such large margins that we couldn't make up in the cities of, of numerous states and suburbs. Biden was already doing better among them, and and the suburbs were starting to move in his direction. We certainly saw a big movement in 2018. That's what led us take to take back the House in all these districts that had originally been drawn for sort of country clubbish Republicans. Um, but but again, like, you know, so when you sent me that poll from Wisconsin, I, you know, my response was the white working class got some of those folks he had lost already. The things like this debate performance, what they do is I'm telling you right now in the suburbs of where I live in Cincinnati and Columbus and places like that, like you, you are hemorrhaging people, college educated voters. It's an embarrassment to say you're pro Trump, you know, um, women particularly. And so uh, that's to me, that's the ballgame of last yeah. night. Was was well, you know, know Let, let's say that overall, let's let's give our let's give our quick overall impressions, and then I want to do more of the clips though as we go on, just to keep it kind of a basically, folks. What we wanted to do was we're assuming a lot of you probably did, but a lot of you may not have watched the entire debate, so we wanted to sort of grab the best clips, which we'll be playing with my new sound setup, yay, and uh, and then we'll talk about it. But but I thought yeah, let, let's finish maybe wrapping up our overview and then do more clips, and that'll allow us to deep dive the issues. You know, overall. I could see how somebody in the middle might say, oh, they were both stepping on each other. Blah, blah, blah. But in the end, Trump was, and I'm not just saying this as a partisan, Trump was crazed. Yeah. Biden was not. If you watch carefully, and I, of course, had to watch all the clips again just to gather them for the show today. If you watch carefully, you see Biden keep going, come on, man. Basically, Biden kept pushing back and saying, stop it when Trump would interrupt and Trump right. would talk over him. It wasn't Biden interrupting Trump. And I've actually experienced this before in a work setting where I had one staffer who just kept trying to talk over me at a staff meeting and she wouldn't stop. And I mean, she was like yelling me down at a staff meeting. And I was like, quiet, quiet. And you, you, your voice almost starts to go up because you don't know what else to do when someone's talking over you. But I mean, I talk you over you, meaning literally like me going, no, Cliff, I'm not going to let you have the podcast. I'm not going to let you podcast. I'm not going to. And you're going, oh, my God, that's what Biden was dealing with. And you're in a catch 22. Either you shut up and let Trump uh, filibuster or you try to talk over him and you try to shut him down. And then people go, oh, you were both being mean to each other. Well, so and any of us who have been on like those Fox debates, and, and that's why I'll say I give oh, Joe, Joe Biden yeah. much more credit than, than me because I could never hold eventually – 
I would lose it with people like that. And I, you know, I didn't do that, but, but, you know, I had a few viral clips that, that I think that's how you and I may have originally met each other because I went on and people were used to Democrats just kind of taking it. And I lost my temper and I started, yeah, you had kind of a famous one, I recall. I started yeah. reaming them on all of their corruption and all yeah. or whatever, because they wouldn't shut the fuck up, yeah. you know? And, and I just will say, but it's hard I, to do. I think, yeah, and I will give it my objective analysis of it. Like, did Biden have the strongest debate performance? No, he didn't. Um, how how you have the strongest debate performance against that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. He did what he needed to do. He was we discussed than dementia. The other day. He was yes. better than dementia. Well, but, but he was far better than dementia. No, no, he, but, but, he, but I'm, he, I'm not saying that sarcastically. They right. said he had dementia. They, Trump kept coming out and saying he has dementia. His son said it, everybody else. My God, right. everybody, Giuliani, everybody in the last 24 hours. And guess what happened? Biden came up. He was good. He, yep. he stumbles a little, whether it's yes. because he's a little older or, frankly, whether it's because of his stutter. I noticed right. a couple times he, he stopped and stumbled. Or the combination of those stutter. two things and the fact that Trump would not shut the fuck up, and which Trump makes it shut up, which makes it tough t- because you keep getting interrupted mid-sentence. You have to find where you left off. Yep. I mean, the point is, is that like is, – is that you wrap up and then we'll go on with more clips. Right. I'll just say quickly, when I say he didn't have a great debate, it's only in, I should say, great public appearance. All of his public appearances recently in the last sort of two months, speeches and stuff have been incredible. So yep. I'm judging it against a very high standard, not the complete opposite the Trump people yep. gave him. Yep. And I would say if I were rating it on a one to ten where he's had a lot of nines and almost tens, I'd call it like a seven and a half. It was it was more than than it was I would say it was between good and and very good. It was it was more than enough, you know, uh, to get across a number of key points where he was able to slice and dice Trump on the pandemic. Uh, he had a great economic response on jobs, on a number of key issues. He was able to hit him. And and then the rest of it was just looking like a compassionate, competent, normal human being next to this gelatinous blob of, you know, goo next to you acting like a fucking rabid hyena. Who just can't shut up and literally, you know, is acting like he's he's about to actually start chewing on you. Which is you know, our good segue to. Can we move on? Let's move on to our yes. clip about a clip about the proud bo- proud boys and extremism. And yeah. if I've got the right portion of the clip, I don't even need to set it up. So Mike Wallace, the moderator from Fox News, is asking Trump a question. Okay, but are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and? to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Oh, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. You want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white like supremacists and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing. White supremacists. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what his FBI. His okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, we're then gonna, you know what? No, no, that we're, done, we're done, sir. We're moving on to the everybody. next. I like what Biden was about to say. Everybody's always wrong with who you know disagrees yeah. with you. All of your appointees, they're always dumb and they're wrong and they're. I mean, now let me. What do you say? Live for a, quick, a quick live mic check. The volume was good on the uh, audio. Yes. Good. Okay, we're good for the rest of the show. So yes. So proud boys. Well, what do you do besides do what, what Biden did, which is call him a clown? But, I mean... Proud Boys is first, actually. 
since we know. So, I mean, you know, like uh, they are another. I mean, I feel like we're talking about well, again and again, like Boogaloo Boys and Proud Boys and neo Nazis and Ku Klux Klan and incels and call them whatever you want to call them. Violent neo fascist. It's, it, it's just right? another name for the same old thing. They're a bunch of of neo fascist thugs who use violence to intimidate and to try to obstruct democracy and frighten people to to win things they can't win at the ballot. Uh, you know, with the bullet. And that's who they are. Let me add, for folks in England or who are familiar with the English far right and even the French, they wear those, uh, they like to wear those tight polo shirts, like the dark blue ones that have like the the light edge on the on the sleeve and the light edge on the collar. And they're these really tight polo shirts that the far right in the uh, UK and Europe likes to wear. They're now, they're now wearing the same. Right. And and actually, they they have the well, I said the bullet, but really more what they seem to like to do is to show up at peaceful protests and attack people and and essentially start brawling and trying to beat the crap out of anybody who's there peacefully, particularly if you are a minority of any kind. They're evil. They're pure evil, and they're just as easy to condemn as the as the neo Nazis chanting "Jews will not replace us" and marching in Charlottesville who murdered a young woman there, who Trump would also not condemn. Just as easy as David Duke when he was asked if he would condemn David Duke when David Duke endorsed him, which he wouldn't condemn. I mean, the list is long, and it's you know, it's nothing changes. You know, he wouldn't. Oh, a QAnon too. He wouldn't condemn anybody who likes Donald Trump is good enough for Donald. Actually, Trump. can I tell you, Rick Santorum, uh, who's a former Republican senator, far right Christian right lunatic, said yeah. on CNN last night he gave that explanation. He said, "But you've got to understand, this is a guy Trump who doesn't like to criticize people who support him." So basically, and that's, and that's a justification. <laughs> well, exactly. And and you mentioned David Duke. Other people have brought that up during the campaign. Jake Tapper, uh, David Duke, who was the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan here in the States, again, far-right racist. Sadly, uh, was a state legislator also in in Louisiana and ran and actually almost – he won 40 percent, scarily enough, back in what, the 80s or 90s to be governor there. So just for some context. And lived in Russia for five years too, by the way. I'm sure there's no – No connection there. Yeah. Yeah. So Duke – uh, came out and was very supportive of Trump during the 2016 campaign. Jake Tapper on ABC, uh, CNN at this point uh, approached uh, Trump during an interview and said, will you renounce David Duke? Who? Who? David Duke with the KKK. What? I, I'm not sure who you mean. Yeah. Trump, nobody's Trump, ever heard of David, David Duke. Right. <laughs> and again, for you foreigners, everybody in America knows who David Duke is. I mean, he's a, I mean everybody knows who he is. It's right. It was, but but it goes to what, Santorum was saying last night where he literally won't criticize anybody who supports him. Now, a finer point to put on that that clip, Cliff, about the Proud Boys, somebody brought up, and it's true because I noticed myself even doing it, a lot of us keep sort of making the headline, he wouldn't renounce white supremacists. And the headline isn't that. The headline is, and then he went on and told a violent white supremacist neo-fascist group to stand by for the election for when he needs them. That that isn't just not denouncing. That is no. That's true. No, it's important to say that and to say like I, I'm just waiting for people to just you know news reporters will say this you and me but and they and I will give credit because I I'm, I'm hard on them a lot and and a lot of objective reporters did an excellent job last night at least where I watched some of it on CNN and and where I some of the places where I read about it. Um, where they where they went after him, but but they really need to just cross that last line and say he won't condemn white supremacists because he is one. He won't condemn himself is what he won't do. You know, he's called for violence. 
uh, and, and from white supremacist groups. So then why would he condemn white supremacist groups that commit violence? Like it, it, it one just pretty clearly follows the other. You know, and I think that that's that's what we're you know. So no, I think I mean, look, the headlines are, <clears throat> of course, the the unpresidential manner in which he acted. That that was impossible for anybody to look at that person and think that they should be president of the United States. He acted like not even a child, but a immature, emotionally distressed child. Um, he obviously refused to denounce and even came out and said the dangerous statement about white supremacists, as you said. Um, he lied constantly. And we have polling in from CNN at the very least that, I mean, this isn't even close. They asked who was more truthful in his answers, Biden, 65 percent, Trump, 29 percent. That is an ass kicking. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Take it away, Cliff. Well, John, now that we've said goodbye to summer, it's time for things to get back in our everyday autumn groove. The kids are back in school. (laughs) Everything is flavored with pumpkin spice. And before you know it. The leaves will start changing color. With so much changing around us, it's ooh, I lost myself there. It's increasingly difficult to find that extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself and look your best. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you will look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically proven serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. Visibly what reduced. You use it on nine year olds. Uh, I don't know. I'm not That's sure I do that. Um, <laughs> They'd be negative one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're throwing all sorts of questions in here. That's a great point, John. I didn't know there's going to be any math involved in this. The horror, the horror. <laughs> um, I'm going back to my script. Visibly reduced wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines. Number 11s, John, and crow's Ooh. feet. Um, you can take up to 10 years off your life, John, in less than 10 mm. minutes. The results will last for a year, for hours. I almost said years there. That would be pretty funny. So you can take the family. Yeah, we would have been sued over that <laughs> one. Like it or not, they will last for years. Uh, no, they would only last for hours. You can take the family apple picking and look your best the whole time. Even better yet, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to the surgeon and costs less than a round of pumpkin spice lattes for you and your friends. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a three-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, lines, under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm. Folks, visit triplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES at checkout. Now back to my favorite number 11, John Aravosis. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Cliff, there's never been a more important time to have a supply of reliable respirator face masks. From Absolutely increasing, true. There you go. From increasing group events, increasing. From increasing group events to school reopenings to the approaching fall flu season. Where get your get your flu shot, by the way. Yeah. Wearing a face mask is the first line of defense against getting sick. And with continued forest fires in the West, which negatively impact air quality across the entire nation, there is even more need for protection when you go outside. The director of the CDC testified under oath before Congress that wearing a face mask was more important than getting a vaccine when it comes to reducing the spread of COVID in our country. Only respirator masks provide medical grade protection and only FDA authorized respirator masks provide the quality required. Now, that is kind of true. I've been Googling. It is better to find an FDA. See, John knows stuff, guys. 
Well, I did. I've looked it up for myself. Uh, the New Deal Shop.com has FDA authorized respirator masks ready to ship now. The New Deal. You're going to hear this address a few times, by the way. <laughs> the New Deal Shop.com has these. Wait, what is it again? I'm sorry. The New Deal Shop.com. There we go. Medical quality FDA authorized masks, and every pouch comes with verifiable anti fraud labeling. Trust the masks medical professionals are using. Go to the New Deal Shop.com and get FDA authorized U.S. tested respirator face masks now with free immediate shipping for our listeners. Bulk pricing is available so you can get masks you need affordable, affordably and quickly. Go to the New Deal Shop.com now and get FDA authorized respirator masks. Keep yourself and keep your family safer and healthier this fall, along with that pumpkin latte and looking good. Uh, that's the New Deal Shop.com. Nice. Is that deal for years too, John? Or is that just yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, I don't think so. All right. Um, and now yeah. back to our special debate coverage. Um and so, you know, the, I mean, to me, the, the one guy is a, is a, you know, is an is emotionally unstable child, a liar and a white supremacist. That's what you get out of the debate the other day. And again, to go back to what people, even Republicans like Scott Jennings were saying, like, if there were women still kind of thinking about it in the suburbs, you know, uh, this did, did nothing but propel, but, but repel let them me, more. Let me ask you about that. And then we'll move on to uh, the next clip, which is Trump claiming that everybody launched a coup against him. Insane. But go a little deeper here. And, you know, obviously we're generalizing, but it's OK to generalize in politics like this because people have done polls over the years and they know how groups tend to go one way or another. It doesn't right. mean that certain demographics. Right. I mean, and we, I know I need to be careful about that, but I try to, what I, the way I try to explain this stuff is that certain demographics by all available polling market research over many years uh, are, are more likely to support certain issues in certain uh, parties. I mean, it's and, just, and find certain things more disturbing than others will, which that's is correct. why I wanted to ask you, uh, we, we've already talked a lot on the show about how white suburban women are turned off of Trump and this debate could make it even worse. What? What a, what is it that white suburban women either want or dislike that made this debate so bad for them? Okay, and so what's important about this is we start with because I'm often people, and I'm glad you said white suburban women yeah. because sometimes we we just say suburban women, and and we're for, and, and we're it's a picture from the 1950s or 70s or 80s, and I'm guilty of this sometimes of right. you know the suburbs being white. The suburbs are not all white anymore. There a lot of the inner suburbs in major urban centers are very mixed, uh, which is one of the reasons they've become more liberal as people meet people different than themselves and become much more accept, accepting and understanding. And African American, uh, Latino, Latina. Uh, often Middle Eastern, Muslim, and Asian women already are very much uh, against Donald Trump. Right. So we're spe specifically talking about white suburban women here because they are the ones who stuck with him. He lost a lot of them last time, but 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 he did win white women barely last time. Um, overall, I don't I don't think he won white suburban women, but I, but it wasn't like it is now. So what do they want? I mean, a lot of, a lot of who we're talking about are people that are at a sort of classic kind of. They're they're economically more moderate, you know. Don't they're not they're, they don't believe in in some of the programs on the far left necessarily, um, but they you know they do believe in in things like national health care of some sort and and a higher minimum wage and generally sort of I call them center left economics. But they tend to be very socially accepting and socially you know because. Their kids are, you know, I mean, I can say this. I don't live in a suburb of Cincinnati, but I live in an area away from the downtown that if it wasn't technically part of the, the, the city, you could say was like a suburb, you know. And 
people here, your kids are, 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 you know, are playing with, with kids that are different than them. Black, white, Asian doesn't matter. Uh, there's no stigma at, at all anymore, at least where my kids are right. about around being gay or bisexual or anything of that nature, nothing but support. There's full acceptance of the fact that climate change is happening and is dangerous to our, the next generation. There's full acceptance of there's too many damn guns out there. And it's a danger when your kids go to school now, when it's when it can happen, as we discussed with, with Fred Gutenberg when he was here yesterday, if it can happen in, in Parkland, uh, Florida, and it can happen in Newtown, Connecticut, it can happen anywhere. Okay, now um, tie, but tie it back to the, I mean, I that's tie good back back to Trump. Trump, but tie it back to Trump. So what happened so last Trump night? Trump is the personification of, all right, so he's the personification in a negative way of all of those traits of somebody who is not interested in listening, who is argumentative. He frankly, and, and women were saying this. So it I'm just sounds like a, a bad coworker or a bad husband. Well, say, no, 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 this is true. I was, I was uh, I'm trying to think who tweeted you're this be like, out. Talks over. You won't listen. Is mean. Well, but, but that's it. Yeah. It's one of the, one of, I feel, I don't know if it's near a 10. I'm trying to remember who, one of the women, I feel like we've had on this show, whatever it said, you know, every, every woman who watched that tonight, you know, remembers a story with a, an ex-husband, ex-boyfriend, someone yeah. who yeah. who was so menacing in yeah. the manner in which they spoke, was so vicious, so angry, so full of bile that they either did get hurt or were scared they were going to be. Yeah, yeah. and that is it. And it's it, that's sort of the 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 key component, but that is sort of the personality type that's emblematic of all these other issues of yeah. where, he, you know, if you go to him and, and try to explain him there's, there's an issue with, with the climate or gun problem, violence or whatever, just shut up and get back in your corner. I know more than you. What the hell do you know? Who are you? You know, you think you're so smart? Uh, that I mean, that's the thing. And so they know that, that he's he's on a personal level frightening. On a policy level, they know that all the kinds of things that they want solved, he will not solve. And so, even those that are that are more a little more centrist on economic issues and don't agree with with you and I, or certainly people to the left of you and I on, on a lot of stuff, but they're horrified by by this person. Right. Okay. Um, you know, uh, let's should we move on to coup? <laughs> and and, 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 and I'll, yes, and I'll just say very clearly, urban women will like this one either. Go well, on. no, it is a last sentence. I'll say very clearly. You know, yeah. I'm not just sort of pulling this out of my whatever you know i have clients and i've looked at a lot of polling and and these are yeah. this is some of what it, it is saying so well, actually you know cliff let me put a finer point on that we are not saying all suburban women want this and all suburban men or white women want this right. what cliff is talking about is when and i, I was looking at a chart yesterday actually because we had this discussion on the uh patreon forum with uh with cecile one of our our, our, our subscribers actually ten dollar a month subscriber thank you cecile for that um, Thanks, Cecile. but but she was asking about that, and what I was explaining, and I pointed her to the graph, I could uh, to the article. I couldn't post the actual charts, but it showed how you know this demographic, based on income, tends to be plus ten Republican, meaning uh, you know for 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 uh, fifty five Republican, forty five Democrat. This demographic that makes seventy five thousand a year tends to be a little more Democratic, plus one right. Democrat. And the point was looking at. Which way do they skew and by how much? Not this voter is always 100% right and this voter right. is always 100% left. It's how they skew. So the issue is since uh, white suburban women tend to be more Republican or were at least last time, but they're gettable. For years they were. Right? Yeah. Well, they're, they're gettable and there's a lot of them to be gotten. Whereas with the black vote, if it's at 85 or 93% or whatever, um, 
you know, then it becomes a turnout question, but you've kind of already got them, but then it's a matter of getting them motivated to turn out. Whereas with the white suburban women, you can actually, I mean, there's even more to get. Right. It's different. It's, and, it's apples and, and to be clear, I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I, and I take what Cecile said both important. And, and I appreciate yeah. what, you know, your, your Cecile and, and her while I'm talking to you, John, yeah. saying that in, I don't try, you know, I've got my sense of humor and I, I, whenever I feel like something is overwhelmingly true, I just sort of joke about it and get sarcastic and get goofy. If I came off as condescending, I didn't mean to. Um, and, and, and that's important to say, because if I were talking about, you know, if I talk about Jews or I talk about the gay, you know, community or others, I'd say, "Oh, those Democrats," and I'd probably laugh about it because, of course, you know, by by polling, they are much more likely to be Democrats, and that's what I was doing with white working class voters. I wasn't no, it's fine. Say, it's fine. I, I, no, but I think it's important to, to clear up these things. You know, I mean, yes. no, like, but I wanted to actually. I was less concerned about that than I just wanted for people to understand what we actually mean when we talk about right. one voting block is Republican, one is Democrat. Right. We mean that it skews that way, you know, plus 10, minus five, whatever. In and real life, we try not to talk in big generalities about groups. Yeah. But it's, it's important when you're doing polling. Like you, but when it comes to, to market market research and polling, you have to. Yeah. Because, okay, let's, because the data is clear. So. Let's move on to the coup. So this is Trump lamenting. Uh, he was asked about, are you confident this will be a free and fair election? And of course, he went crazy. So when I listened to Joe talking about a transition, uh, there's been no transition from when I won. I won that election. And if you look at crooked Hillary Clinton, if you look at all of the different people, uh, there was no transition because they came after me trying to do a coup. They came after me spying on my campaign. They started from the day I won and even before I won, from the day I came down the escalator with our first lady. They were a disaster. They were a disgrace to our country. And we've caught them. We've caught them all. We've got it all on tape. We've caught them all. And by the way, you gave the idea for the Logan Act against General Flynn. You better take a look at that because we caught you in a sense. And President Obama was sitting in the office. He knew about it too. So don't tell me about a free transition. As far as the ballots are concerned, it's a disaster. A solicited ballot Okay, solicited is okay. You're soliciting, you're asking, they send it back, you send it back. I did that. If you have an unsolicited, they're sending millions of ballots all over. Now now, now he's even coming up with new excuses on the ballots. But right. yes, uh, angry man, there was a coup last time from the beginning. Obama, Hillary, even you, everyone was a part so, of it. He's well, it's important to explain the demented little baby brain whiny little shit that is Donald Trump. The reason all this stuff happened is because there are investigations of him from the beginning um, because he committed uh, uh, potentially, well, certainly impeachable acts, committed potentially illegal acts, and quite honestly and obviously colluded with Russia. You know, whatever level that reached, whether that reached a level of, of uh, the, you know, and some now one of uh, Mueller's own top prosecutors has come out and said they did not look into enough, they didn't do enough, and that there would have been evidence. So that's what he was upset about. He was upset because there were investigations into the very shady way and very questionable way he won the election. In terms of a peaceful transition, Obama, President Obama, and they afforded him everything that has been afforded to anyone else in the history of our country. President, you know, the 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 transition of power. Trump came came to Washington for his inauguration. President Obama, the way he was supposed to, met him there, rode in a car with him 
to the speech, invited him into the White House, tried to give him tips, tried to move him, uh, you know, in the direction, uh, a, a constructive direction like you'd want to do with somebody who's president. And then Donald Trump did what he always does, which is he, he's got the thinnest skin in the world, but the slightest thing happens to him and he starts ranting and raving and insulting people. And from the very beginning, he started attacking Obama and Biden and Hillary and everybody else. And how were they at that point to work with this person? So, you know, it, it's important to point all of this out because it was peaceful, the transition. There was no violence. Nothing happened. Nobody showed up with guns to the inauguration. You know, it, he's just conflating the fact that there are investigations into the very shady and, and likely, if we ever get a full accounting, a legal way he won the election. I'm grabbing a, a clip. As for the other part of that, Grant, I'm, I'm trying to remember, what, you know, what else he said. I mean, he just, you know, he made obviously he just lied and made a lot of of, of stuff up. Um, and and I mean, I you know, I, I I go back and forth between how evil he is and how much I think he's all there mentally. And frankly, his intellectual capacity to understand the difference between what I just said about people doing investigations into legitimate investigations into. You know, uh, uh, somebody trying to, to uh, you know, to essentially potentially overturn the results of our election. Certainly, certainly meddling is not a strong enough word. Cheating, getting involved in our elections in a way that breaks the law versus how the transition went. They're two yeah, entirely different things. I've got the larger clip of Mike Wallace okay. asking Trump and Biden both, you know, will you basically abide by the results and, and have a peaceful to hear the rest of this episode, become a premium subscriber to the Unprecedented Podcast by going to patreon.com slash unprecedentedpodcast. And with a $5 a month or more subscription, you not only support the show, but you get access to this episode and all of our premium episodes, including all of our great guests. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate your support. And now one last ad from our sponsor. Well, John, you know what? Now that we've said goodbye to summer, it's time for things to get back in our everyday autumn groove. The kids are back in school. Everything is flavored with pumpkin spice. And before you know it, the leaves will start changing color. With so much changing around us, it's increasingly difficult to find the extra time for you, the time you need to take care of yourself. Okay, I'll stop doing that and look your best. With Blexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Sorry, I try to make these interesting in different ways each time. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but I really want to try the product at this point. I have to say. I know. They've, they've convinced me. I'm, I'm going to try Seriously. Plexiderm. Seriously. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes, visibly reduced wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes. The results will last for hours, so you can take the family apple picking and look your best the whole darn time. Even better, Plexiderm doesn't involve any visits to the to a surgeon and costs less than a round of pumpkin spice lattes for you and your friends. You can try a six-application pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. The order also called, comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Make those wrinkles, fine lines, and under-eye bags disappear with Plexiderm, guys. Visit triplexiderm.com or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES at checkout. All right, everyone. Happy trails to you.